today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, yesterday the PC government decided against the minimum wage hike that was scheduled for 2019. You might remember that uh, under the win liberals, the minimum wage increased from 11.60 to 14 dollars an hour uh, last January 1st, and then was planned to go up to 15. Uh, come January 1st. That has now been stopped. To talk more about all of this, uh, Julie Kwasinski is with us, Director of Provincial Affairs, Ontario Canadian Federation of Independent Business, and is with us now. Julie, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. I am happy to be on the show. Thanks for having me. So the current rate sitting what it is at $14, there was a big stink when this happened way back when. What sort of feedback have you been getting back from uh, from businesses in regard to that increase? What we've been hearing is anecdotally on the streets um, amongst small business owners is that it was a huge hit to take all at once. And you're looking at 21% because previously it was 1160 and it went up to $14, so that's 21% in only three months. So that's a huge hit to take for a small business owner that doesn't have the wiggle room of their large, larger counterparts to absorb such a swift increase and of such a great magnitude. And especially in certain sectors where the employees, where you would have more minimum wage employees. That's an obvious point. But I think you have to also factor in that when you look at an increase of any kind in the minimum wage, it's just not that value. There are additional costs. There are payroll costs or payroll taxes associated with any wage increase. So we figured out if the, let's say the government had not kept this promise to go to 15, it would have been roughly an extra hit of $2,200 per minimum wage employee on top of the extra dollar. So that's a huge hit for a business owner to take. And people don't think of that. They just see the extra dollar or the extra 240, the extra 260. So that's been a factor as well, especially with one of those added costs in that $2,300 extra is the Canada Pension Plan. That's going to go up. It's a federal government thing. That's going up starting January 1st of 2019. So to be hit with all these different things, and then hydro costs are still an issue. The government knows that. So you have to look at it, look at it in the context of all the costs that a business would be facing. What about those, and I'm playing devil's advocate here, that say, you know, these people deserve uh, to be paid a, a living wage. Uh, we haven't seen that much a dent in stats from the increase that we've just gone through. What's, what will boosting at an extra dollar hurt? Well, I mean, you look at, I just told you that extra dollar costs roughly $2,300. And if you're looking at return on, the, on investment, is the minimum wage earner really better off? That's the actual question. And I think we need to have a broader discussion. And I Why wouldn't they be? Why wouldn't they be if they're making more money? They are, yes. But you have to look at each and every specific situation. We have heard in many cases where the employer does not want to actually get rid of the position, they've cut the hours. 
so depending on how many hours have been cut back, is the minimum wage earner farther ahead? Next point. Costs have gone up. People can see that prices have gone up, whether it's their chicken at their favorite chicken place. Mm-hmm. That cost, that cost increase is affecting everyone, the minimum wage earner included. So is the minimum wage earner better off? That's the question. And are there better ways to help? low-income earners. And I think that's a discussion that's worth having. We wanted to have that discussion with the previous government. They would have nothing to do with it. They were convinced this is the way, our way or the doorway. Why not have a broader discussion? Are there tax credits? Are there things we can do for training? You've heard likely about job shortages in Ontario. You know, it's, people it, it, can't find people to fill the jobs. Maybe if some people were trained, they could take those jobs if there were better training programs. Uh, we had many advocates on when this uh, all went down and, 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 and even up to recently saying, see, look, we did this and it doesn't seem to be hurting anyone. Is that, is that fair? It's very unfair. And here's why. Very simply, the minimum wage increase, 1160 to 14, happened January 1st. A year has not even gone by. Every month we get these different job numbers. Some people will say, oh, it's because of the minimum wage. This is why the job, we're seeing great job losses. Or another month, oh, it's part-time jobs, full-time jobs, whatever the situation. But the point I'm trying to make simply is this. If you are going to judge whether or not somebody actually was able to absorb this, You've got two issues here. Big businesses, I already acknowledge, they have more financial wiggle room. They can ignore it. You don't see any stats that are specific that these job losses are specifically in the small business industry, medium business industry, large business industry. And we had asked the government for an economic impact analysis to make sure that businesses of all sizes could absorb this. So in the end, you need more time to figure out what the real impact is. And again, I am not an economist, would never claim to be one, but I like to think I'm a commonsensical, logical person. And I would think that if somebody actually does a study that goes out there and they ask questions that can determine whether each and every economic occurrence happened because specifically due to a minimum wage increase, that's the only way you're going to know. Otherwise, it's all speculation and theorization. It's too early to tell because one month it might look there's no impact. Another month it might look like there is an impact. The only way you're going to know is to isolate minimum wage and do your data analysis on that isolation alone. Is there going to be much of a difference or is there much of a difference between small businesses and big? Should there be a different formula for small businesses versus big? Because as you said, they both may employee, employ rather minimum wage employees, but one certainly has a bigger bank than the other. Well, I think the way the government has done it is, and this has been going on for quite some time, people are not aware that there are different categories, and I don't have the list in front of me, but students, there's a different rate. So when we say 14, we're talking about the general minimum wage. There are, there's the minimum wage for students, the minimum wage for liquor servers, for home workers, for hunting and fishing guides. These are things people aren't aware of. 
But as far as small business, whether you would have a wage that the minimum wage for small businesses is a certain amount, that's something that could certainly be explored because I believe the city of Seattle undertook that. And again, I don't have, I, oh yeah, I actually do have the stats in front of me. So the city of Seattle in the U.S., they actually are getting to $15 for the minimum wage in 2021, but they have certain factors. Like if you're a small employer, 500 or fewer, if you pay medical benefits and or your employee earns tips, then it's $15 for you by 2021. Do you think we should have done something like that as opposed to just canceling the 15? Do you think they should have said maybe a bit now, a bit later, and eventually get there? I think what they should have done is conducted a fulsome economic impact analysis. Because number one, all of this stuff is arbitrary. The number 15 came from a United States movement called Fairness for 15. It moved into Canada starting in Alberta, then moved into Ontario, into BC, and, and the story goes on, and God, God knows where it may or may not move next. So I think it should have been done with more thought and, for good policy, more evidence, evidence-based policy. Because if you look at it, there is no study anywhere that shows the impact on a jurisdiction like Ontario, so not a city like Seattle, a provincial jurisdiction with a certain population that can it absorb it or not, 21% in three months. Nobody has a study like that. So to go and say, well, oh, Seattle can do it, New York can do it, completely different situations. And you're comparing apples to pears and peaches, frankly. There's no apples to apples, evidence-based policy that Ontario could absorb it, yet the government, the previous government, went ahead and did it because it was all about, not about helping people, helping themselves get reelected, And that's essentially... What, what the whole story was about, bottom line. Julie Kwasinski has been with us, Director of Provincial Affairs, Ontario Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Julie, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. It was my pleasure. Thank you. All right, let's get the other side of the story. Let's bring in Warren Smokey Thomas, President of OPSU. He is with us now. Smokey, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Oh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, this can't be a surprise to you, I guess, Smokey, because this was in the campaign. Was it too much, too fast? Well, I I personally didn't think so. Uh, I did when I did testify before the committee presented, and I said there there would be unintended consequences that I would hope that the Liberal government would take into account. And in fact, John Yakabuski had some good ideas. So what what the Tories had recommended was that the government create a what they might call a small business fund, and that would be for small businesses that could demonstrate they really would be negatively impacted. Like the government now subsidizes uh, daycare workers $2 an hour or something like that to, you know, to private daycare operators. Right. So to create a small fund. And then like on the sick leave provisions, if you're off sick, they could apply to that for reimbursement. Set some rules up around it, right? And then that would have made it easier to absorb the $15 an hour. Like I have no sympathy for Walmart or any other big chain shoppers or anybody like that. Come on, they can absorb it. They're all you know, how much profit's enough. But for mom and pops and small businesses, you know, I'm 
I, I have friends that are small business people, and they said, uh, A, some of them actually pay more than minimum wage, even though they don't have to, because they, they like keeping the employees long term. But some said, you know, I'd love to pay, but I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't pass it all on to the customer, but I can pass some on. So anyway, I talked there, and it's anecdotal, and I just talked to some small business people that I know, and I said, well, what about the Tory idea, John's idea of, of this fund? They said, that'd be awesome. We, we would probably not be opposed. So, and I think, and it's pretty rich for even for a guy like me that I make a good living. Uh, the lady who's just on from CFIB, we all make a good living. But that dollar an hour is everything to some people, right? It would really like it'd make a huge difference in people's lives. So, you know, I'm sort of begging the government to rethink that one. I don't think they're gonna, but I, I wish they would. Then, are we are we being uh, is the public aware of that too, Smokey? That you know this really is two different kettle of fish when you talk to uh, when you're talking about minimum wage employees because there are those mom and pop organizations, there are those big businesses like the McDonald's and the Walmart uh, that are doing this. Is this really even a discussion we should have without breaking these down? Well, I, I I'm not sure. I think that what was lost in a lot of, there was a lot of heated rhetoric both ways. I, I tend to try to sort of see a way through the middle, right? With you and I have talked enough to, but I think that there was literally no sympathy for large corporations, right? And uh, that could afford to pay more Max Beckers, all of them, right? And they say, oh, we'll have to cut jobs. Well, they, I don't see how Max or Beckers could cut a job. They have to close the store. There's only one person in there each time. So, but, but there, there, so the debate I wish had been around more of a living wage and, and, you know, maybe even jurisdictionally based. I mean, if you tried to live in Hamilton, London, Ontario, Ottawa, Ontario, Toronto, Ontario on $15 an hour, you're, you're existing. You're not living. So, uh, you know, the debate rages on about, about all this. So I was, uh, I always felt on the side of, you know, I applauded the liberals for doing it. Was it a bit fast? I said, you know, really not for me to comment on, but perhaps a bit, you know, and, and if they'd have done some more consultation, but they, they took the, that bold step for, you know, we could argue, debate the reasons why, you know, they want to get reelected, a whole bunch right. of other things. You know, I hope, I would hope that they did it for altruistic reasons, not political, but we could debate that as well. But so, I, you know, sort of, I spoke this morning at the Association of Food Banks of Ontario. My union, we're their major union sponsor. We helped them organize a, uh, a lobby day. Uh, today is, uh, 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 you know, hunger month. And in the comments that, the, you know, people from the food banks were talking about was a living wage, was the $15 an hour, how it would lift people out of poverty. And uh, they were certainly wanting to keep, you know, keep that extra dollar. So a lot of people want to keep it. I'd like to see people keep it. But on the flip side, in fairness to really small, you know, mom and pops and corner stores and you know, somebody has a body shop, has one employee, you know what, maybe that fund for, you know, you could you could access that fund to offset some of the unforeseen costs that you could incur. Now, I do know a lot of small businesses, if one of their workers is off sick, yes, yeah, some don't pay them for the day, but most people do. So, uh, so it's, you know what I mean? It's, yep. I, I, I would hope that... Doug Ford would would say to his ministers, you know, so we're going to, you know, we're for the people. Well, all right, well then, let's go out though, really, and, and get if they're going to, if they're not going to keep the dollar an hour in there, which I, you know, really I think it's a moot point. They're not going to keep it in there, but 
let's talk about anti-poverty reduction. The Liberals talked about it, but they really didn't do anything except this big move near the end of their tenure. So, but let's have that honest conversation. What can what can they have? How can we help out the people trying to get out of poverty, trying to find a full-time job, trying to deal with the whole host of issues here, right? So what can we do, actively do, as a caring government, caring society, to help eliminate poverty? And that really is, you know, if they're not going to do the vote of the 15, please don't touch the other stuff. But on the on the flip side of that, create a fund. you got money for other stuff you want, so create a fund to help small business out. And, uh, and I'd be, uh, you know, I uh, intend to, Ask John Yakubuski for a meeting uh, on a bunch of other stuff with his ministry, but I'm going to raise this with, again with him and say, you know, I remember when you had we had those conversations, and and uh, why don't you, you know, uh, you know, put something like that forward in your own party? I think it would fly, and I think the opposition parties would probably support it as well. Is the debate from 14 to 15 as great as the the debate from 1160 to 14? And I'll say no, obviously, because the, the first increase was yeah. had the greatest impact. That being said, are you surprised Ford didn't say, you know what, we're going to instead push back 15 to this time, or we're going to put it up 25, then 50, then 75? Are, are you surprised he didn't come up with an alternative plan as opposed to just say, ah, we're going to scrap it? Yeah, I am a bit surprised. I thought he would have, because he did run on, he kept saying over and over and over, I'm for the people, right? And uh, so, I mean, the question I ask him is what people are here for. But uh, I thought that you know, maybe he would have said 25 cents a year for, you know, four years or something like that. Because, I mean, even a 25 cent raise on low income, you're not even keeping pace with inflation. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, uh, and people are falling farther behind. And the stats on food bank usage are staggering. You know, uh, Mississauga, 50% increase, and these are working poor. Like, so some of that, you know, I'm going to help the food banks make that some of that, uh, some of that stuff really public. Like, we, we work with them a lot, right? We, uh, one of my staffers trained 20 people last night how you lobby politicians, that kind of stuff. So we're really going to help. Some of those stats are startling. And, uh, even I, I knew it was kind of getting bad, but I didn't realize that. And it shook me up pretty good. And I'm, not, I'm hard to knock off Kilker, but they're, uh, so we'll help them make a public, and that all. But it's that living wage, right? It costs, and I've always said, you know, I don't know how somebody could live in Toronto on the kind on a minimum wage yeah. job. I just don't. Even well, in Hamilton's probably every place is getting expensive, right? Warren Smokey Thomas has been with us, president of OPSU, one of my favorite union guys. Warren Smokey Thomas, thank you so much, Smokey. Appreciate the time. Oh, Bill, thanks for having me on. All right, take care. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.